Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we're on Season 5, Episode 10, All That Jazz. This episode originally aired on December 2nd of 1989. So let's find out what else happened on that day in history. Well, in 1804, Napoleon Bonaparte is crowned Emperor of France in Paris. In 1845, U.S. President at the time, James K. Polk, ignites the deadly practice of manifest destiny when he announces to Congress that the U.S. should aggressively expand into the West. Uh, in 1908, Emperor Pu Yi ascends to the Chinese throne at the age of two. In 1971, Abu Dhabi, Ajman, Dubai, Fujira, Sharjah, and Umakquian form the United Arab Emirates and appoint their first president, Zaid bin Sultan al Nayan. Uh, in 1976, Fidel Castro becomes president of Cuba, replacing Osvaldo Dorcos Torado. And our most recent event on December 2nd of 2018, also our strange historical event of the day, uh, President of Nigeria, Mohamedou Buhari, denies claims that he is actually dead and been replaced by a Sudanese imposter after a bout of ill health. Okay. Yes, apparently no one learned uh, from Paul McCartney in the 60s. Paul McCartney. <laughs> apparently. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that is our history lesson for today. So why don't you tell us what transpired in this, the start here of this run of truly awful episodes, at least in my opinion. All right. Scene one, we're in the kitchen. Sophia's cooking. Yeah, Blanche is reading while walking. It appears like she's reading Lady Chatterley's Lovers. She is, once okay. again. Once again, she loves this book, apparently. And I can understand, for a few I understand why with her. Okay, Dorothy enters, and Sophia has her taster cooking. Dorothy says it is great, and Sophia says it smells fine, too, uh, to her, so she doesn't know why they're, they are recalling it. Huh. Rose enters, and she is very tense. Her shoulder's tight, and her neck is stiff. She can't turn her head. Ah, Sophia plays a mean joke on Rose. Rose says it is the pressure of her new job. All the consumers are counting on her to do a good job. Sophia plays another mean joke on Rose. Ah, doorbell rings, Dorothy leaves to get it, and Sophia tells Rose a way to get through a bad neck, ah, but it turns out to be a way to get through bad sex instead. Yes. Yeah, Blanche would know that one. Scene two, we're in the living room. Dorothy answers the door, and it's Dorothy's son, Michael. We all remember him. All the other girls come out. He has quit his traveling band and the rain. His wife has thrown him out, and they are separated. They talk about this for a while and decide to go to the kitchen and get something to eat. No mention of the child she was pregnant with when they got married a couple seasons ago. No, nope, no mention of the child. He's been out with a traveling band, so... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, well. Scene three. We're at the kitchen. Or in the kitchen. Rose is at the table with her left hand in a bucket of water while she stares intently at two light bulbs marked A and B, which we can see the letters. I wonder if they're, they're marked that way on Rose's side. Anyway, Blanche comes in and says it is 3 a.m. and wonders what she is doing. Well, Rose is making sure the wristwatch is waterproof and she can't take it off her wrist as then she would be just soaking her wrist. Okay. 
Uh, and she is also seeing which light bulb lasts the longest. <coughs> she is. Now, a, I'm no expert, but. She is a bit frazzled. Don't most light bulbs last more than like a few hours? Don't oh, most yeah. light bulbs last like months? Months. First. And months. Yes. So she's not really going to be able to test these too well unless that is an absurdly high-powered electrical outlet she's got there. Yes, and if you've ever noticed, many, many light bulbs go out when you turn them on. Yeah. That's when they pop and go out. Mm -hmm. It could stay on probably forever if you never turn them on and off. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. But, yeah, they usually pop when you turn it on. She's going to be sitting there a long time, you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a bit frazzled. Blanche tells Rose about a, a meditation retreat she went on once that really helped her. Yes, I have a question about this when you get done telling us about the meditation retreat. Ah, well, that's about all that was. Blanche gives Rose some help in this meditation. Okay, so Blanche in this sequence uh, states something along the lines of that she had... All 17 men at the retreat using her name as like a... Uh, a mantra. Yes. Yes. So were we to suppose she had sex with all 17 of these men? Is that what that's supposed to mean? Uh, boy. Same. I couldn't tell. I have it written down as a question mark of whether or not I add 17 men to the count here or not. So here's the dialogue, actually, or the mm -hmm. script. So, I learned how to relax in any situation on that meditation retreat. And, and uh, Rose asked her, you went on a meditation retreat? You know, because, of course, she never would remember Well, no that. one ever knows any, when anyone does anything. So, Blanche goes, yeah. And it was successful. Oh, yeah. So, by the end of the week, 17 men... We're using my name as a mantra. So did she have sex with all these men? Or what are we supposed to take from that? If not that. Well, I don't know. Okay. So do, I, do we count 17? Let me think of if it was me, let's say. Okay, no. so if you're on a meditation retreat with 17 men... No, and I'm one of the 17 <laughs> men there. Okay. okay. See, I'm one okay. of the 17 men. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm on a meditation retreat. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, there's... Okay. Blanche. Oh, uh-huh. boy. Okay. Oh, yeah, she's meditating pretty... You know, let's see. After a week... Yeah, by the end of the week... Uh... Mm, see, I probably wouldn't be using her as a mantra if nothing happened. And I'm just so, Googling her the whole week like, oh, man. Yeah, she, look at those moves she has. Okay, oh, so boy. so we're saying that I need to add 17 men to the count here for Blanche on this episode. Well, it's never explicitly said that they did that. But I don't know what else that could mean. But I don't know what else it would mean. Okay, Honestly. so, 17 added, all right, I don't cool. know. Okay. Though it's never really explicitly said. Okay, you can continue on then. But yeah, why would you use her as a mantra? I don't know. Okay, anyway, yes. 
So Blanche gives Rose some help in this meditation. Blanche has her close her eyes and breathe deep. Yet during this time, one of the bulbs goes out. Shortly before the other bulb goes out. Yes. Rose opens her eyes and can't believe the bulbs are out, and neither one of them knows which one lasted longer. Well, I'm sorry to say, as a consumer here, me, I'm doing this as myself right here, as a consumer, I don't really think it's going to matter too much. No, like that the difference 20 was, seconds? It was like five seconds. Uh-huh. When a bulb lasts, you know, 10,000 hours. You tell Enrique Moss... Well, they were very close. It ain't gonna, they were five seconds different. Okay. Blanche thinks that Rose needs to tell Enrique Moss that she is overworked. Scene four. We're in the living room. Dorothy and Sophia's on the couch. Blanche is on the chair reading. Still. Yes, the same book. Lady Chatterley's lover. Dorothy has found a saxophone playing gig in town. And we learn that for the past week. Yes. It's been a week now. Michael has just been hanging out at the beach. They discuss Michael for a while. He is now 30 years old. Yeah, get that, 30 years old. And she says that explicitly. Doorbell rings and it is Stan. Stan is supposed to go out together with Michael and spend quality time together. Michael comes out and wants to see Dorothy in the kitchen. He needs to borrow 30 bucks. Yeah, and Dorothy has nothing but 40, so he takes that because now they can have chips and salsa, etc. Michael and Stan then leave. Dorothy is back on the couch. Blanche thinks Dorothy needs to get tough with Michael, even throwing him out of the house. Yes. Scene five. Dorothy asleep on the couch. Michael enters the front door and brings Dorothy some bamboo umbrellas. Yeah, those little tiny ones from drinks. What a gift. Dorothy has him sit on the couch and wants to know how the job hunt is going. Well, job hunting is not really going, of course. Michael decides he is going to move out. So scene six, they're on the lanai. Rose is listening to a relaxing tape, and it happens to be a thunderstorm, so I don't know how relaxing that is. Oh, no, that's a lot of people like that. A thunderstorm. Yeah. Okay, Dorothy comes out and sits. I don't get it either, but I know a lot of people like <laughs> rain and thunder. Rain, I get. Rain, but, I could understand. But yeah, the thunder thunderstorm part, I don't personally get. No, part, thank you. But... <laughs> Dorothy comes out and sits at the table. Blanche comes out, and they all talk about Michael and what Dorothy did and what is Michael doing now. Sophia comes out and says that Michael called. Yes, and he is staying with Stan, of course. Sophia also says she is still sending money to Phil. Okay, that's interesting, is it not? Sophia tells a short story about Dorothy's crazy uncle that started living with a goat. And And had sex with the goat. And having sex with it? (laughs) Yes. I wasn't quite sure that's what she was getting at. That's what she means. But it sure sounded like it. I have more umbrage with the next story. So Rose tells a story about bulls. And how that one bull that her mother showed her would have been jealous of Charlie. Yes. So, I of course had to Google this, which is a great thing for to be in my Google search history of, of, course. of bull penis size. But <laughs> nonetheless, so from a quick Goog, what I can tell is that the average bull penis is about 35 inches in length. 
Uh, and as far as I could tell... That's about as, three feet. Yeah. And as far as I could see... Yeah. And as far as I could see from more Googling, uh, the longest human penis ever on record is 13 and a half, 13 and a half inches long. So either Charlie has the largest penis in the history of humankind by a good 23 inches or so, by a good 2 feet, or uh, the writers don't know what they're talking about. That's the, that's the biggest one, of course. Uh, that would be the biggest. Yeah. Or Rosa, or this bull was very tiny, would be the other uh, yeah. takeaway from this. <laughs> okay. Of course, after that, Blanche actually wants to hear more about Charlie. Well, I would too. Of course. I mean, <laughs> of course she does. I but... mean, due to the three-foot penis, yeah, I'll I'll hear about that. That'd be an interesting story. Yeah, that would hang way down your leg. Okay. Yeah, that would be probably on the ground I for guess, most people. Guess you're not wearing shorts in the summer. Okay, uh, but of no, course, nothing but long satin robes. <laughs> All the girls want to talk more about Michael. Yes. Okay, scene seven. We're back in the living room. Rose is massaging her neck, and Dorothy enters from the kitchen, and the doorbell rings, and it is Stanley. They need to talk. And Stan and Dorothy head to the kitchen, and Stanley opens the refrigerator and wants to know why there are so many cheesecakes in there. Ah, they talk about Michael, and Stan wants Dorothy to throw Michael out of Stan's house because she's so good at it. Ah, Stanley leaves. Scene eight, we're at the TV station in Ricky Moss. Yeah, he's getting makeup applied and Rose enters. Rose tells him all about her problems she is having and that it is her stress that is killing her. Yeah, so he's going to hire an assistant for Rose and the assistant will be there tomorrow. Boy, that'll be a quick turnaround. Yeah, so... Uh, Rose has gone from being Enrique's assistant, mostly, to having an assistant of her own in, like, what, a month? A month. That seems quite quick. Seems awfully quick to me, yes. <laughs> uh, also, what happened to Enrique Massa's assistant that he had that Rose came to interview with that one time? Oh, uh, she's probably out there at the tape desk or something. Or been completely forgotten, but completely forgotten, or because uh -huh. he's in so, the makeup room, so the assistant wouldn't be in there. Well, sure, but like, what does she do then? Uh, she does she just not do Ricky. anything? Yeah, she probably doesn't do much. Oh, okay. She takes his phone calls and stuff. Okay, she, I guess. And she, so now Rose is going to get an assistant. It's going to start tomorrow, which is, I guess, tenable, maybe. I mean, if he's, like, going to call up the Miami Temp Agency and be like, hey, you got someone that can be an assistant for, like, a month or two here? Yeah, I still think that's too quick. That's, I mean, yeah, probably, but it's maybe slightly tenable, but it's still quite uh, quick, yeah. Well, I guess if it's 8 in the morning, that could be. If it's 5 in the afternoon, no. Well, he's obviously getting ready to go on the broadcast. Yeah. So... Who knows? Whatever his broadcast is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. C9. Living room. Dorothy and Sophia's on the couch as the doorbell rings. It is Michael with a suitcase. Stan has actually thrown him out. 
And Michael has his job back with the band and wants to know if Dorothy has his laundry ready. Unbelievable. Sophia gives Michael some money. Yeah, under the table kind of like thing. And Michael then leaves. And the two girls talk for a second before Sophia heads off to the kitchen as this episode ends. Well, we have only a few cultural references. Firstly, yes, Blanche is reading Lady Chatterley's Lover again at the start, which we previously discussed just a couple episodes ago, so I'm not going to discuss it again, except briefly. It's uh, a relatively famous work of very, at the time, uh, controversially erotic fiction uh, that contained explicit sex scenes and whatnot, which was very uncommon in the 30s when it was uh, written and published, firstly. Um, nextly, uh, Jimmy Smith, uh, who's an American actor best known for playing Victor Sufuentes on the 80s legal drama L.A. Law, uh, among many other shows that he has appeared on uh, since then. Um, Rose Kennedy, uh, a Countess of the Holy Roman Church, uh, was an American philanthropist, socialite, and the matriarch of the Kennedy family. Uh, who was deeply embedded in the Lace Curtain Irish Catholic community uh, in Boston. Uh, she was the wife of businessman and investor Joseph P. Kennedy Sr., who was the U.S. Ambassador to the United Kingdom. Uh, and in 1951, she was uh, ennobled by Pope Pius XII, becoming the sixth American woman to be granted the rank of Papal Countess. Why, I don't know, but she was. Um, Obsession uh, was a uh, perfume line manufactured by Calvin Klein at the time. Uh, I think Sophia uh, states, says the phrase, living the life of Riley, which I thought was a reference to like some like character from a movie or something. Uh, but, I thought that was from a TV show. or From what I could find... Uh, is a phrase that originated in World War One uh, that means an easy and pleasant life uh, and refers to some farmer uh, who lived in Ireland at the time or something. Uh, so that that's what okay. I that's what I could find about it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll see if I can refind that page quickly. Um, so let's see. I gotta scroll through all my. Here we go. Living the life. Life of Riley, origin of the phrase. Um, so uh, it came into common usage around the time of World War I. Uh, and let's see, it was used commonly throughout the military in World War I. Uh, and let's see, it is thought to have kind of um, been first brought about, potentially, they think, um, do do do. Well, I don't really know who the life of Riley, who it definitely means to, but they think it's a uh, hero of a popular folk ballad. Uh, and that's really about it. They believe that it's based on Willie Riley, who was a Irishman in the 1820s, uh, who apparently had a very uh, nice, easy, and pleasant life, as far as they could tell. And that's apparently what that refers to, uh, linguists believe. 
Uh, Ted Koppel uh, is a British-born journalist, best known as the anchor of Nightline uh, from 1980 until 2005. And Walter Cronkite was an American broadcast journalist who served as the anchorman of the CBS Evening News uh, from 1962 to 81. Um, he reported many events from 1937 until 81, including the bombings of World War II, the Nuremberg Trials combat in Vietnam, the Dawson's Field hijackings, the Watergate scandal, the Iran hostage crisis, the assassination of, uh, assassinations of President John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., and uh, John Lennon, uh, essentially there. Uh, three side characters, Enrique Moss, who we've discussed before. Uh, so we don't really need to again, I don't think. Uh, Michael is played by Scott Jacoby, known for The Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, That Certain Summer, Baxter, and 79 Park Avenue. Uh, he, of course, has appeared two previous times in this same role on The Golden Girls. Uh, he is a one-time Emmy winner uh, for uh, Best performance uh, by an actor in a supporting role in a drama for that certain summer. Uh, and uh, then that makeup artist is played by Stan Roth, known for such films as Steve Jobs. Uh, he also appeared in Airwolf, I, Madman, and Surrender. He will appear twice more uh, throughout the run of our show in two different roles. Uh, in later seasons. Um, I think that's all I have. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't, of course. Uh, a few new sex partners established in this episode. So, an unnamed man that she had bad sex with uh, for Sophia's, I'm assuming that did not mean Sal, um, an unnamed man in the back of a convertible for Blanche, and 17 men at a meditation retreat for Blanche, which would count for 17. So the tally now stands Blanche 96... Dorothy 9, Rose 6, and Sophia 6 as well. That's all I got here. Oh, wow. Okay. All righty. Just a little the continuity, which I brought up earlier, kind of, in this episode. And they actually tell you absolutely both of these years. This episode clearly states that Michael is 30 right now. And she also... Dorothy also said she'd been married to Stan for 38 years. Now, that was a heck of a long pregnancy then, since Michael was her first kid. Yeah, well. <laughs> and I just can't understand how they wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, yes, and like, you know, married to Lorraine, okay, we understand that. And, you know, Dorothy didn't really want. And, Oh, you broke up with Lorraine. Okay. Oh, that's good. No, she doesn't say anything like that. Uh, but, oh, well. So, and back in season three, episode 23, when they got married, Lorraine and Michael, he was 23, as Dorothy had said a few times in that episode. So in the less than two seasons, he has aged, aged seven, seven years. years. And he's still eight year, at least eight years too young, at least. Well, um, so, I mean, the seven-year thing, I think, could be tenable because they they reference a lot, like in the start of every episode or something, like, we've been dating for two months and we've yes. never heard them 
before. So I was yes. like, okay, so this is like two months after the last episode. It could. Possibly. Yes. Okay. So that one maybe could be tenable. Probably not. But, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, probably not. All of the age math in the show rarely works. Rarely works With any of the characters one. at any time. Yes. Well, my kitchen observation, I haven't brought up tablecloths for quite a while. Oh, no. And I will only for the one reason that this episode actually had a double tablecloth, which they have not used all season yet. So this is the first time this season they've used a double, two tablecloths. And they actually had a tablecloth out on the lanai table, too. So they're definitely in the tablecloths. Now, my episode counts for this may seem kind of weird, but the only one I have is the Stan appearance. Uh, because, I'll just, you know, uh, yes, maybe Sophia said something about the sex uh, with the donkey or something, mm -hmm. but she never mentioned it was just their uncle or Dorothy's uncle, weird uncle, somebody. Mm-hmm. She never mentioned that was in Brooklyn, or she never mentioned a state or city or anything, so I really couldn't count it. First, Sicily, all right, Italy. And when Rose's story about the bull, she never, it's not really a St. Olaf story. She's just blabbing about it. So I did not count that as St. Olaf story. So my only one was a stand appearance. So my total series counts. Weddings, planned weddings were at 9. Physical abuses arose still 11. St. Olaf stories 31. Picture it stories 21. Cheesecakes eaten 17. Sicily Italian stories 8. Sicily Italian references 48. The girls mad at each other. Moving out 17 times. Sports 27. Games 30. Stanley's of Bornak appearances is now up to 14. And this one... My rating for this, not one of the best. And honestly, I've had enough of Michael for now. Well, this is well, this is this actor's last appearance as him. I don't know if the character returns. He will not return, I'm okay. sure. So this one garnered a 65 out of 100. Mm-hmm. I mean, as, let's see, it's 89 and he's 30, so... So, for someone born like 5960, I mean, he's pretty accurately obnoxious for someone who's born in that time period. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I get it. Um, anywho, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.